Hello and welcome to the Following Footprints podcast. I'm your host, Serafina, and together we will look at questions many of us have and dig deep to find answers. Join us as we discuss the Bible, current events, and just life in general. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to the third episode of Following Footprints. Thank you guys for listening. Um, Today I have my brother Yossi here with me as my guest. Howdy. What we were talking about um, Romans today, I guess. Serafina told me that today, and I told her I didn't really know a whole about a whole lot about the ancient Romans. But it looks like we're going to be talking about a different kind of Romans, the book in the Bible. So yeah, he was he was fixing to talk about coliseums and gladiators and all that good stuff. I was just going to say I need to brush up on my history, but. <laughs> Well, lucky for you, we're not talking about that kind of Romans. We're talking about a little bit about Romans in the Bible. Um, but this podcast is mainly going to be, the title of this is, Why Not Sin If God is Merciful and Forgives? Do you have any first thoughts about that? Like, if God is merciful and will forgive us when we sin, why not just take advantage of that and sin? Part of it is, um, the way I look at it, is when for for one Christians it if we love God we're not we're not gonna sin against him willingly and when when Jesus died on the cross it he he died for all the sins in the world the sins of people hundreds of years later and he knew that he would have to die for those sins and when we sin it to me, it just it's just like pounding a nail into that cross, and mm. yeah, so yeah, it's all like a heart thing. Yeah, because if you're thinking, oh, well, I'm just gonna do this because God's gonna forgive me, what kind of an attitude is that? And that that kind of ties into repentance. Like, there's a difference between being sorry and then repenting if. When we repent, God is willing to forgive us. When when we say, "I'm gonna try not my, I'm gonna try my very best not to do this ever again," and uh, when you when you willingly keep doing a sin over over again, that that's not the right heart to be in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like even if you think about a little kid, maybe they do something, and they're like they get caught, right? And they're not sorry because they really feel like, oh, this actually hurts somebody. I'm sorry that I did this. They're sorry they got caught. Right. And that's not the right attitude to have. Um, yeah, do you want to read that section from Billy Graham? Sure. Yeah, so we just found this online. It's um, what Billy Graham had to say about this. When we truly love someone, we want to please them. When we disappoint loved ones, it grieves them, and eventually ourselves. When we receive God's Son as our Savior, His Spirit comes in and changes us. We begin to love the things that please God. The Bible says, But whoever keeps His word, truly the love of God is perfect in him. But this we know that we are in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. That's in First John two five through six. 
Those who love God have no desire to make a mockery of God's forgiveness and grace, or the cross upon which Jesus died for the sins of mankind. God's words also tell God's word also tells us that sin should not be our master. When we keep sinning uh, without ever attempting to turn from it or restrain it, it's because we are still sin slaves. Mm. We must never forget that sin is God's enemy and Satan's friend. Since sin is so serious that it caused Jesus to leave heaven's glory and come into the world to die as the final and complete sacrifice for sin. We must not take sin lightly, but repent of it when it rears its ugly head and with God's help cast it out. This is done through the reading and studying of God's word and praying that he will empower us to live for him. Yeah, so Billy Graham is basically saying if you actually truly love God, why would you do something that you know is going to hurt him? Because sin, God hates sin. Like, he loves, he loves the sinners, but he hates sin. He cannot stand it. But he sent Jesus down, and he paid for that sacrifice. And, yeah, we should not take advantage of that. Yeah. And he knows your heart. Like, he knows where you're coming from. So it's not even like you could yeah. take advantage of that. Yeah. Can't fool God. One thing about loving God is that it takes, it takes time, just like any sort of relationship like you don't just wake up one day and be like oh wow I love God I'm in love with him with everything I have I love God like it actually takes time and effort and this was really confusing for me like even when I went to YWAM um because I'd grown up my whole life as a Christian right and in my mind I loved God I I did but I didn't really put in a whole lot of effort and so sin wasn't really that big a deal to me. I was just like, mm, whatever. But as I started reading my Bible more and started building my relationship, I started realizing how much sin actually is damaging to me, like personally. And God wants us to be protected from that. And, you know, he's holy, so he can't be around sin. Yeah, when I when I think of that, I think of David like in the Bible, he when he he would mess up and when he did, he messed up big, but um he, his re, just his heart of repentance. Yeah. His heart broke when when he realized that he had sinned against God. Yeah, but if you don't have like a strong relationship with God and don't really understand like why sin is such a big deal, I just encourage you to find friends that are strong believers that will just encourage you and champion you and just help you read the Bible and just sit down and have discussions, have talks, or find a mentor. Um, That's one of the most helpful things I can think of. um, Just find someone who has more experience with reading the Bible and just have them teach you and mentor you. And oftentimes they won't come to you. You have to actually go to them and be like, hey, will you will you be my mentor? I mean, you don't have to say those words exactly, but, you know. Okay, now let's go to Romans 6, 15 through 23. Okay. So... 
This section is called Slaves to Righteousness. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But be to, thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I put this in human terms because you are weak in your natural selves, just as you used to offer parts of your body into slavery, to impurity, and to ever-increasing wickedness. So now offer them in slavery to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you are slaves to sin, you are free from control of righteousness. What benefit um, did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things resulted in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is such like a powerful passage to me, because if you actually think sin, like what what is the benefit of that? Maybe you have momentary like pleasure or whatever but what is what is its eternal reward is it eternal life or is it death so you got to really think of the bigger picture here right yeah and adding on this like paul's basically telling us that um as christians we we lose we lose our rights and Later on, and I think it's in Second Corinthians, he he says, um, "I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in me." Something yeah. like that. But um, yeah, as as Christians, we're slaves to righteousness and no longer slaves to sin. Yeah, we, we have a new master. Yeah, and all comes down to choice, like. Who are you going to choose as your master? There's only two, God or Satan. One leads to life, one leads to death. You can pick your master, basically. Um, yeah, and one thing to remember is that everyone does struggle with sin and temptation, even if they love God, because no one's perfect. Like, we can't be Jesus. He was the only perfect man that ever walked the earth or ever will walk the earth. So if you're struggling with something, find someone who can help you with that. You know, find someone who will keep you accountable um, and someone that you trust, not just <laughs> walking down the street like, hey, <laughs> can you help me with this? Be my mentor. Yeah. Um, yeah, but one thing you got to keep in mind is the church is a hospital or right. it should be, right? right? So we come together, we fellowship, we worship God together. But we also, we're family. So just like you would with any other family, if you have a problem, you go to your family because you trust them and you love them and you know they'll help you. So that's what a church should look like. Right. Yeah, a hospital. And yeah, in, in, the, in the Bible, it, it talks about, uh, it. it's not the... Anyways, you were saying, Yossi. Um, 
my mind just went blank. <laughs> but here it goes. Um, it's it's in Luke, probably in some of the. Uh, the oh yeah, I know what you're talking it, about. It's, like it's not the sick, or it is the sick who need. It's. <laughs> <laughs> in bear, Luke, okay. b- bear with me. Okay, l- let's just think this through. It's not the healthy that, that need, need a doctor, but the sick. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, so with the with the church, the the church is for building, building people up who need it. Yeah. And yeah. And if you pretend you're perfect and you go to the church like, I'm so holy, I never sin. Oh, Guess dude. what? You just did. <laughs> you're a liar. Um, Liars go to hell. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's just one thing to keep in mind. So yeah, let's champion each other, come to each other. Yes, be a family. Um, okay, so let's talk about some ways to combat combat sin and temptation. Any ideas, Yossi? Um, say say you're well, being tempted. How how do you? Scripture and prayer. Um, that's I mean when when Jesus was was tempted, he he quoted scripture and. Uh, yeah, I guess you can you can read your Bible, get get into the Word, and yeah, and also find instead of doing things that you shouldn't be doing, you need you need to do something else instead. Um, yeah, I also think like fill your mind up with good things. Don't fill it with trash. Right. Like if you're sitting around and watching junk on tv or reading like things that put thoughts in your mind that's going to make it so much easier for satan to come in and use that to tempt you and use that to just fill your mind with thoughts that you don't want there to be right and yeah you you guess you got to guard your heart um because we know that that what we speak it it comes to the overflow of our heart so we mm-hmm. we need to make sure that what we put, we, what we see, what we hear, what we put in our heart and mind is is good and pure and will strengthen us rather than tear us down. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, you know, if you're trying to get fit, you know, and all you're doing is eating donuts yeah. 24-7, do you think that's going to help you? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not, but... Unless you got a metabolism like me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, don't be complacent. Like, read your Bibles, pray. Because whenever you stop doing that and you just lower your guard, Satan will take that opportunity and just attack you so quick. So, yeah. Um. Next, let's turn to Psalm 4-4. In your anger, do not sin. When you are on your bed, search your heart and be silent. So just thinking about that, like, what are you doing when you're in your bed laying in your bed at night? Like, do you actually take the time to be like, God, search my heart. Is there anything in here in me that is sinful or prideful or yeah? I mean, that's one thing I... I could work on a lot of times I I I'll be on my phone or I'll I'll be watching a movie and kind of occupy my myself entertain myself until I'm 
tired enough to fall asleep. But one thing I've been working on lately is just really taking time and to to pray and and kind of search my own heart. And yeah. Saying, yeah. Okay, let's go to a similar verse, um, Psalm 139, 1-18. O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my laying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, behind and before me. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me too lofty for me to attain. So, depending on who you are, this passage of scripture could either be really comforting or really really unsettling cuz God knows everything about you. He knows what you're thinking. But to the author here, let me just read it again. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. So, he, he's actually taking comfort in the fact that God knows everything. He knows our struggles, and yeah, he knows everything. Um, let's continue here. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O Lord God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Yeah, so God knows everything about you. He knows your heart posture. He knows what you're going through. He knows the situations around you. And yeah, that's a pretty comforting verse to me. But And later on in the chapter, verse 23 I like this. Um, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. And lead me in the everlasting way. And I think that's that's a really good verse to to go over and apply to yourself and ask God. Um, see if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me in your in your everlasting way. And just going along with that, you know, do that, you know, ask God to check your heart and show you where things need to change. But be prepared to make some changes um, because he will show you where you need to make some changes. Okay. And one of the last things I'm gonna say, it's kind of a metaphor I was thinking of, I was thinking of like plants and just planting trees because I've been working on reclamation at the coal mine. So that's been what's on my mind lately. A botanist. <laughs> just planting trees. Um, 
yeah, so I was thinking of this, and we all go through seasons where Satan attacks us harder, or life is just harder in general, and a lot of times, that's when we stop reading our Bibles, that's when we stop praying, that's where we stop going to church, because you have so much more going on, but if you think about it, um, like with the plants, we water the trees every day, right? Um, so think of that as like reading your Bible and praying. But on a hot day, when it's really hot, we have to do it twice in the morning and at night. So you're getting twice the water because it's such a hot day. So whenever you're going through those hard seasons, don't stop reading your Bible and stop praying. Actually do it more and you'll come through that season so much stronger. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta be careful too. Um, when everything is just going right, all right. A lot of sometimes, people when there is crisis, they, they will turn to to God and read yeah. their Bible because they're afraid. Like look at nine eleven. I wasn't alive back then, but from what I from what I've heard is that the the churches were, were fuller than they ever were, for, I don't know how long, but. It it brought people to really think about the, what life really yeah, is about. What, yeah. what life really means. And uh, I I think the coronavirus it it's it's done that some. I think people are are questioning them themselves and the meaning of life. But um, even when when everything's good, that that also too can be. Yeah. When everything's going just right, you say, everything's fine, why Why do I, there, there's no reason to, I'm, there is a reason, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's not that extra motivation. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so just be on guard. Um, don't stop reading your Bibles or praying or gathering together with other believers. Continue doing that. Um yeah, thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you want to say anything else, Yossi, see in closing? Well, hopefully, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Put a flag there. See you guys later. <laughs> okay, have a happy fourth.